0: Hi friends, welcome back to this week's episode of the Courage Revolution podcast, and I'm your host, Jessica Love. I hope you're ready for some spice today because Chloe is bringing it and I am so excited because I will tell you, I have resonated with a lot of guests, but I haven't had anyone that's really willing to go into the depths and the darkness and the taboo stuff that I am so on board for. So Chloe is not your average love, sex, and relationship coach. She's a luminary with over two decades of experience in guiding individuals through the depths of intimacy and discovery. As a seasoned Five Rhythms dance teacher and dance movement psychotherapist, she's not just about theory. She's all about embodiment and transformation. Ooh, she had this amazingly long bio that I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to say all that. So I'm going to keep it short and sweet and let her deliver all the spicy amazingness that she brought for us today.
1: (laughs) Yum, yum. Okay, here we go. Let's jump in. I think really qualifications aside, you know, I public speak on sex and as a woman, that is a difficult topic, you know, and um, I've written around this, but the body has always been a place for me of of my self-expression, hence all the dance but also I'll be reading bodies the whole time and what they tell me the whole time. So if you're in a space with me, but then also what's stored in the body. So as a coach, I really do believe that bliss is our birthright. So we can mention the clitoris from the (laughs) get-go.
0: The 8,000 nerve endings that it has. Yum, 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 yum.
1: (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) So this is a part of the body that is purely designed for pleasure, but I do believe that for the whole body, for every human being. So, so really, like, I've had some incredible experiences in my time, because I'm very, very intense. But w- what really got me going as a love, sex and relationship coach was the fact that I realized that despite my parents fucking up of my childhood, in some ways, they hadn't fucked me over sex. So where I was having a really same good girl, time... Same. Yes, babe. So like I was looking around, comparing notes with my friends, and then as I trained with my colleagues and my peers, and it was like, geez, I this is the place where I got it easy. And so mm-hmm. I want to close the orgasm gap, but also like really looking at like why why is not everybody multi-orgasmic why is not everybody deep diving into the body and enjoying this beautiful communication of heart and sweat and wet and body and love like what's in the way there so you've got the cultural topic of sex and why we sit so hard on that and everybody's shutting up about it and why also personally why do we feel inhibited inhibited so this is my home place here I am with you in my home place of the topic of sex and you know one of my niches is is undoing the programming that we get as kids so you know people have been told that part of your body's dirty go wash your hands don't do that in public well not doing it in public fair play but like yeah it's this kind of the pet names for it that make it less potent or we medicalize things to somehow make it less potent. Mm-hmm. And really what we want to do is really normalize people stepping into their body ownership and saying, this is me. This is what I got. What do I want to do with it? How do I want to share it, adult to adult? And and then enjoy it to the max.
0: Yes, I love that. Okay. Well I will say that I didn't know much about the like Multi orgasmic stuff for a long time until I started doing the research. And mm-hmm. so, in my first marriage or in my marriage that I had years ago, I was with the same guy from I was like 15 to, you know, 28 or so. And he was, the, we were the only people that we had been with. I grew mm-hmm. up Mormon. So, very taboo, but there yeah. was always this like fascination I had. And I like, I love what makes people tick and how you connect mm. and all that stuff. And then mm. I also looked, I'm very observant and I looked around at what everybody else, cause everybody else was older than me, married with kids and all that jazz. And I said, okay, what do their marriages struggle with? I will make mental notes of that and I will put all my time and energy into that and to make sure that that is not it. And it's so crazy that you can do that and it still doesn't work because it takes two people. Yeah. So one of the things was, I vowed that my relationship wouldn't have some of the same problems. Like most people say, when you get married, your sex life is like dried up. Right. I was like, no, no, that's not going to be me. That's not going to be us. And so I was very driven to do my research. Right. And like wanted to have all these conversations, but he was so closed off to that stuff. He, he couldn't have any conversations about like what you like, what you don't like or anything. and he wasn't that open. And I tried really hard to like, keep it spicy. And so then it's like, I would do all this Googling and I would just start doing like random ass stuff where, uh, I would get these like cute, tiny little aprons and like crotchless panties and high heels and be like baking his favorite cupcakes when he got home from work. And he literally be like, hi and go like, put his stuff down. And I'm like, what the freak? (laughs) Right. So I took like a lap dance strip tease class. Um, <clears throat> oh, I tried to buy a pole for my house and I went to the wrong website and crashed the freaking computer. It gave the computer a virus and crashed it. He comes in and he's like, what did you do? And I was like, I was just trying to buy a pole for the house. And he's like, what? So he like wasn't down with it. It, it pretty much like emasculated him where mm. I got really aggressive sexually and he regressed a lot and then i found out he was watching porn a lot so it was like that drove me crazy and i had to like start pushing harder and harder right and then i got i was like literally throwing myself at him and we'd be cooking dinner and i'd be like so we're gonna fuck tonight or not because if not i'm not gonna take a shower right now (laughs) so then after that i was really i was like okay we did not match energetically sexually. So I'm like, that's a that's important for me. And so I got really, really curious. And so I started reading a lot and listening to a lot. And I was determined that I was really fascinated by squirting. And I was like, I'm going to make myself freaking squirt, right? I bought all these toys, did all this stuff. I could not do it. And then later down the road, I ended up dating someone for a couple of years that like the first time we had sex, it was like the freaking bed is soaked. And now I know exactly what my capabilities are, and that I literally have limitless amounts of orgasms, yeah, like until I'm physically exhausted, yeah, I can keep going,
1: yeah, exactly, and you took the time to find out about it, and th- and this
0: is the yes. thing
1: this is the thing you you are an explorer, that's really obvious, even from your show and your life story so far, and I think because people can't get past that first hurdle. They know that this vast sexual landscape exists out there, but we're taught to mm-hmm. only look at just a little portion of it and and It can be very scary for people so one of the things I do is help socially bust the topic off it, but also with individuals with care, like like what's stored in your nervous system that makes mm. this topic so scary what body messages were you given some kids were beat beaten as kids like it, you know mm-hmm. or a kittens gonna die if you masturbate all that jazz right mm. and and to so very carefully peel back those layers um there was a br- very brave man that i saw the other day and he had a very religious upbringing also and you know that that was his choice but also it made him so thirsty for what he wasn't allowed to do which yes It's very scary, actually, as a human Mm -hmm. being to want so much, what you can't, what you're not meant to do. So very Mm -hmm. gently introducing people into, well, let's just, you know, what about if you tried this in your your private life? Like, what about if you tried this and then just see what happens? Let the nervous system catch up, let your body catch up with like nothing bad happened, right? Actually, probably a Mm -hmm. lot of good stuff happened. Because yeah. even, even sometimes the first people that arrive at me, it's the first, it's the first stranger they've talked about sex with. It's only ever mm-hmm. with their partners. And it, it actually creates safety. It creates curiosity. Mm-hmm. It creates adventure. You know, so like a lot of the women that I see, like yourself, you know, it was like the, the multi-orgasmic thing wasn't happening, right? Well, there is a sort of general consensus that women's bodies work the same as men's. Well, it's pretty goddamn darn obvious they don't, right? Yeah, no. So, women just little like don't come and then drop and then that's it. It's done, and we need to sleep. The the wanna, you know, like we Mm -mm. we once we're in, we're in and we're rolling. Like like Mm -hmm. like we roll, then we dip slightly, and but we never lose that altered state of consciousness. So we go back for another. It's about riding those waves. So once mm-hmm. a woman's body gets going, really, like the guy, you know, you've, you've got to, if you want to be holding that space for your woman to, to be ensuring that you are staying awake to the process, that you, that you are making sure she's rolling in those waves. and so maybe you save your own moment till the end, or maybe you work out between you how it goes on that night and it's different the next night. But no. this, this, this paradigm needs to be addressed that women come like men. We don't. And I'm so glad about that.
0: Oh, same. Hell no. That'd be so boring. Oh my gosh. No, I'm like, okay. I'm like full retard or partial retard. Okay. Oh. Depends on, because like when a guy wants to talk about it, I'm like, okay, it depends on, depends on what you're rolling with, you know, it depends mm. on your mm. technique and the angles and the pressure and the consistency. And I'm mm. like, what do you want to see happen? Right. Let me know. And we can make it happen.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: What so are you maybe, ready for?
1: Should we just name all the different types of orgasms for a moment yeah. that are possible? Because yeah. lots of people don't know. Uh, you know, there's the blended orgasm. There's clitoral orgasm. There's a G-spot orgasm. There's a cervix orgasm. Mm, my favorite. Then there's the anal orgasms. Then there's then there's the nipple orgasms. You can teach yourself to come, actually, with any part of your body because because the mind is open to association. So actually there's, there's, there's cool people out there that like have taught themselves to come when their shoulders get tickled because through association, <laughs> if you have your shoulders, this is a funny example, but if you have your shoulders tickled every time you're coming, then next time, you know, that just happened to be so, cause you did it each time. Next time your shoulders get tickled, your body goes, Oh, I come now. Yeah. Which like is a cool party trick. But also really handy if you want to be doing one thing to your partner and also enjoying that moment.
0: Mm-hmm. So nice. Mm,
1: I love that. Did I, I miss so many, any um, orgasms? <laughs> Jeez, I orgasm. Mean,
0: <laughs> I don't know all the technical terms, but that sounds pretty accurate. Yes. And I'm pretty sure I've experienced every single one of those in a single session with somebody, you know, mm. but okay, so. I know how for me personally, I've been able to get to that place. And for me, it was a lot about the openness and the vulnerability and the willingness to just like let the dam break and not want to be in control of everything. Mm -hmm. And like for me, I love to be submissive in the bedroom. I love a man that just is super aware And that like can read energy and read your body. So I'm not having to like explain and direct and be in charge. Right. Mm -hmm. So I feel like kind of going through that process of like really figuring out what I do and don't like, Mm. you know, and not having any shame or guilt attached to what I prefer and then being okay with saying no to anybody that doesn't match up to that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Really important.
0: So like on those first
1: dates, there's two places I want to go right now. I'll hit this one first. On that first date, you know, like what your boy, we're primal animals. You walk in a room, there's Mm -hmm. always that one person you want to walk towards more than anybody else, whether it's romantic or otherwise. And so like what the way somebody makes you feel like whilst whilst you're on that date with them, first, second or third, whatever it is, um, like notice, does your body relax? Do they make you laugh? How how does your pussy feel around them? Because if she's shutting down, you ought to be out of there. You know, and, mm-hmm. and, and the same for guys, you know, if if she's starting to open you up and like you're getting drawn in and that feels good, this is the right person. If actually you're knocking on an ice wall, it's probably not the person for you. Or or whatever you're, you know, woman on woman, whatever however you want to play. Just yeah. notice what happens in your body around that person. Because all the clues I, are there love, right from the start.
0: No, and I love that you mentioned that. So when I read that book, Pussy, it mm. like I was like, Oh my gosh, it all makes sense. And so that's what I become very aware of. And last year I met this guy when I first moved to Texas that we definitely were very drawn to each other unconsciously. You know, it was kind of like we'd like look at each other from across the room and we wouldn't even have to like say anything. Right. And then when we be around each other, I'm like, if, especially if this is like my pre ovulation phase, I have to bring an extra, an extra outfit because I mean like I got to change my underwear just being in the same damn room. You know? <laughs> so, i like, yeah, man, I, sure I brought the He's
1: going to get my blanket out now.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. But not enough people, not, that's not being talked about enough. And it's like, Mm -hmm. I remember after I got divorced and just conversations I would have with women and part of my, like part of my soul would die when I would hear women say, oh, it's been like a week or two since we had sex. Like, I guess we better, I better go home and have it tonight. And I'm like, ew, no, no. Like, like you said, the clitoris is like literally specifically meant for pleasure. You wouldn't have been born with something like that if you were meant to only please him, right? Like what about your pleasure in this? What are you getting out of this? Yeah. Yeah. Have you read She Comes First? No, I haven't, but You don't need to my sister's client, my sister's client, they knew the people that wrote the book.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they're good. Very good. Because the equivalent is Passionista. Yeah. Mm. Nice nice yeah absolutely and and what what goes on when someone really wants to make you tick like that like the woman who's going home kind of a bit of a chore okay we have got to do this thing as opposed to somebody's going to go home and really take care of me someone wants to know how I tick someone wants to melt me down so that my mind disappears Mm. into into Mm -hmm. the messy messy landscape of 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 nothingness again and again and again and to take the time and care to do that you are loving Mm -hmm. and listening to a body like you said learning how to make it tick Mm -hmm. like recently I wrote this chapter that got published called how to live your feral self right
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and in there I touch upon like today's culture because if you want to have a really fucking good sex like you have to not worry about what you look like right at some point Mm. Like you can dress nice for the occasion, but in the end, like you said just before we press record, that raw, like raw go to place, like that's where the, the gold is. And in mm-hmm. the self in the selfie culture of today, a lot of a lot of the kids growing up right now, teens trying to explore themselves, they're too worried about like whether their eyelashes are wonky, you know.
0: You yeah, want more than yeah.
1: wonky eyelashes at that point. <laughs>
0: you know oh no well half my eyelashes better be missing by the end okay that's what I want.
1: <laughs> yeah so there's some repair done because instead of living from the inside where that feral flame that burning desire to to mess everything up and get undone let's get untamed together like like people are living from the outside and it doesn't give you that erotic desire that leads you through life with whatever you are doing like i am always having a laugh with myself like oh yeah you know so so that needs a little bit of repair i think like
0: like let's get messed up mm, mm-hmm. i'm like let's get freaking <laughs> let's get messy let's get down and dirty <laughs> yeah freaking down and yeah. that, but that's the other thing is that it's, it's almost like this energetic openness or not right i don't know if you can feel this with people And that's typically what I do or don't find attractive with men. And especially because I've gotten so much more sensitive to it in the last couple Mm. of years where I can literally just be in a room with somebody and I know how controlled they are within themselves and how they are like living this persona. Right. Cause it's, it's this like shield. You can feel like the shield within them as opposed to like, this open flowy kind of energy, you know? Yeah. And I feel like that is a very common thing with men. It's like that shield within them, but then it's kind of like, but it repels women that want that like flowiness. Cause then it's like, they're too rigid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And and also women like us are catalytic for those people Mm-hmm. I remember somebody once said to me, she, she was like, oh, you scare me. And and I was like, "Ah," And she was like, yeah, you go all the way. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was like, she was right. She was right. And I do that with everything that I do as well, which is where my pinnacle experiences have come from because I am all 1,000%. Yeah. Yep. yep. Totality is where the bliss is. So if you're holding back, you your bliss limiting. Which is, And
0: that's, yeah, well, that's, that's, what's crazy. And that's what drives me crazy is when someone's not willing to like go all in like that. Right. Cause you're like, how do you ever, like, there's no such thing as living halfway like that, you know, it's, it's like, you're either living not at all, or you're living all the way freaking in. And I feel like that comes with a lot of building a lot of trust with yourself though, to know that it doesn't matter what this outcome is because I freaking I went in it and I can get myself out of it <laughs> yeah yeah
1: yeah and that, and then there's safety in that you see so you've spent a lot of time with yourself and there's there's a deep sense of trust there and I guess I guess the people that are drawn in either they want to improve what they've got or it's like why why the accountability is so excellent to say why do I not let myself go there and normally mm-hmm. introduce introduce high levels of compassion for whatever experience told you it wasn't safe introduce high levels of relationship with yourself so that matter what you're doing you are present like like i you know there's someone close to me that died you know and um and it made me want to be here all the more because they still Mm -hmm. wanted to be here right so Mm -hmm. i kind of have to live all the more to experience this blissful thing that goes on. And sometimes the the bliss is almost existing in pain, you know, because I'm fully here. I'm fully alive. I'm going to make the most of every moment. So, so I don't want to be holding back, but the people that are, they normally have very signature upbringings that have cultivated that. And if they, if the courageous ones start to chip away at it, if, if they want something outside of that boundary,
0: So what kind of typical upbringing does that look like?
1: Well, you mentioned like religious upbringings, and 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 I'm not down on any religion, but uh, religious upbringings often have very strict rules. Um, Mm -hmm. A very um, sexually connected child will trigger the parents if they've been taught that it was a dirty, sinful Mm -hmm. thing to do. Um, Mm -hmm. if, If the mother hasn't stepped into full ownership of her sexuality as soon as the daughter starts to play with it in her teens, She's gonna by accident start to slut shame, uh, you call it ho over there, I think. Like, you know, <laughs> just making those comments, you know. Uh, and so the child's like, hang on a sec, but this feels good, which mm-hmm. which incidentally happened to me in my childhood. There, you know, like in your teens, and there's like there's always that one book that's getting passed around. And I got hold of it, and everybody was reading page eighty-seven, I think, you know, and it made me feel good. <laughs> my stepmom was like. You know, like that's dirty. Like you shouldn't be reading that stuff. And I just, I just held her gaze. As like nobody could tell me that that felt wrong. That that felt Mm -hmm. more than good. And I was going to go back and read that page and find out what I wanted to do with it. Like I was on a mission. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily easy being being the person who stands up and said, "Hey, this stuff's okay." (laughs) You know, totally trigger people wherever you go. You know. So, the other things I think for me, discovering women who'd who'd had inappropriate attention, touch, childhood experience, adult experience, like for them also, I stand up i'm like you- you fucking like we need to take our bodies back, you take your own body mm-hmm. back, you repair it, you give it safety, you practice consent with yourself again and again and again until that body, like a flower, wants to open up again and is and is' in knowledge of itself, that you've got your boundaries in place. You're gonna take care of it. You're gonna choose the right people. And there we go again, you're back in the field that actually you should have had access to all along. So taking a stand for
0: that as well. So how can how can people become more open and more comfortable? I mean, like, where do you even start?
1: Mm. Oh, there's so many processes that I take my clients through, right? So, like, I'm really super impressed by your story, Jessica, because if you were existing in a very confined field, but you went out anyway, that 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 uh, I joke about, like, rebel women, you know, it's like, were well, the rebel women, oh, they're just like you, you couldn't box, right? So, you know, really, with some of the processes, if someone said to me, like, oh, a classic line I often get in my surgeries are, like, I, I, I do like it, but I know there's so much more. Mm. And so there you have somebody who kind of knows their potential, but wants to step into it. So we could work with a process. I could pull anything out of the bag. I've got a big toolkit inside my processes, but say an, uh, an exercise called the empowered truth. So it's going to show me what's in their nervous system in their subconscious that, that kicks up the protection. So they mm-hmm. might. So we find a sentence. It might be, um, uh, I want to explore my deep deliciousness as a woman beyond that which I know. Or I want to explore my deep deliciousness as a woman until I'm absolutely wet and noisy or whatever you want to say. But you get the client to find it in their words. And then I'll take them into a relaxed state. So we'll do some breathing. We'll get into the body. And then you drop that statement in and you notice a body sensation. And the listeners probably even had this, as I said it, right? You get a body sensation somewhere in your body that's going to contract. So people who don't have a barrier against that a level of fluctuation will probably feel warmth, opening, excitement. You know, the pussy's going to turn on, the nipples go hard, whatever it is. And people who have been schooled that that's not OK, there might be a contraction in their heart. They cross their legs. They get very heady. And then I'm just going to take them really gently into what that physical body part or that sensation is trying to protect them against. Because that heart contraction, that rush of energy to the head somewhere, somebody said it wasn't okay. Yeah. And so then we deal with what the barrier is and we can talk to the barrier. And then the barrier starts to negotiate with you, you know. Well, I'm here to make sure that you know <laughs> everybody thinks of you kindly, and we'll say, okay. Mm-hmm. So, how would it be if I was a deep, delicious woman, and people thought of me kindly? Then mm-hmm. actually talk to that part. Actually, both is possible, and the barrier goes. Oh, I didn't. I didn't know two things were possible. You say, yeah, 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 and the barrier dissipates. You get warm floods of energy. the The, the contraction around your heart starts to soften. And the person realizes, oh, okay, more than what I thought was possible. And they're very, very beautiful moments. You you see people relax. Um, They might cry because of the relief or they know they're getting closer to themselves. And the miseducation that they picked up along the way that stopped their flame burning real bright starts to come even more alive. I
0: love that. I
1: love my job. I love people and I mm. love my job, you know? Yeah.
0: I was just making, I was working on my like speaker statement and all this kind of stuff because I'm working on like trying to do more public speaking. And one of the parts of it is talking about like what I do. And yeah. one of them was that I stoke the flame to the passion that you deny. Nice. Nice right? Because everybody's got it in there. It's like, there's just little pilot light that's just really low and little deep in your gut. And it's, and it fuels all the desires that you are told that you can't have, but they still exist. It doesn't just because society says you can't have that, or you shouldn't have that, or it's not possible. Doesn't mean it goes away. And that's something that I've learned in my life And that that's why I decided to choose the feral path, right? Because I'm like, I've lived that life in all these different boxes and all it did was drive me crazy and cause me to self-abandon. Like self-abandoning was the only way I could live in those circumstances. And I already know what that does in like a physiological way to my body. Like, I have visceral responses to people, places, and things that are not for me.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: Like literally, I I tried to go work a job a couple months ago in like the beginning of the um the year, and I'm sitting at the desk trying to listen to the chick trying to teach me the things, and all I could do was stare at the window and say, <laughs> I feel trapped. <laughs> I want to be anywhere but here. <laughs> it was so dramatic. It was so dramatic. But I left him as like, yeah, no, this isn't gonna work. Yeah,
1: it's it's just incredible. Like I um. You know, as a kid growing up, I was really deeply connected to the feral, and then, like at some point i I ended up moving to london and i I felt that hemmed in because I'm incredibly energy energetically sensitive, and now I can't help but follow it, you know like um mm-hmm. all that information you get like it keeps me so safe as well, like if I'm an environment and it's really shitting on me, I'll just leave. I don't need to explain to anybody why I leave like i I leave because this environment is not correct for me. But um, <laughs> your story's so great. I've never managed to work for anybody in my life. Mm, that's amazing. I, th- I had this one job when I was 17 and uh, the guy turned around and I was like, oh, well, I think, you know. And he, he just turned around. And he was like, I don't pay you to think. And I thought. <gasps> oh, hell no. Yeah, I thought, well the fuck am I doing here then I I, I just go up and walked out it's like if you're not paying me to think what the fuck are you paying me to do like you know I'm no robot man so I love that energetic awareness and and, and how much information you get off people all the time like like even when we hadn't even met it was like hammering into messenger like and this and this and this I can feel your oh, yeah. openness I can feel it you know um <laughs> So I'm not for everyone, like we said before the show, you know, but I have compassion. It's not like, um, it's not like everybody I meet has to be like a completely expanded, like person around yeah. all of this. It's it's more like, um, you know, I think the more trauma you have in your life, I had huge, yeah. a huge event happen in my, in my adult life, which really lent me further into this topic. Um, which which really taught me like self loyalty, like where I h- hadn't quite completed the self abandon lessons completely, t- like full circle. Now that's all done, because when those events happen, you have to get in an alignment with yourself even more. That was the gift for me in them, and also now, like when stuff happens, my bull shaped radar is fucking <laughs> honed. So like if someone starts to like manipulate me, I'm like, ah, and I'll say, oh, you're doing this right now. You may not be meaning to and maybe you are, but actually this is what's taking place. Like there's a power dynamic and like I'm not going to play that game. So go study the drama triangle and I'm never coming back. So, you know, I think trauma also serves us with this high energetic sensitivity. I'm not talking about hypervigilance. Hypervigilance is when there is incomplete trauma in your system so you think something could happen to you because it may have already happened an energetic sensitivity and an ability to be awake to yourself um, a strong sense of boundary a strong sense of play you know that that's very different that's that's just How do you the-
0: go from how do you go from that hypervigilant state though because I do meet a lot of people that live in that state and that's usually mm. why they're drawn to me mm. because I am open and because I have I incorporate like the play and I don't take anything too seriously and I and it's funny because I feel like they're like, oh I like that, you know? <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Well they probably feel they can trust you, you see.
0: Yeah. Like
1: because you're open to yourself, you know, um I think people with self loyalty like I realized after this hugely traumatic event that like I was sitting there and I was like, oh I'm gonna I'm gonna become one of those people that when you sit down next to them, you know, you know you can trust them, because it burned through so much of my bullshit. And um, and I think really the reason why people are hyper vigilant is because they've had events happen to them or through them that are still unintegrated. So mm-hmm. my my job as someone who's trauma informed is to look at like, oh, you're still in pain. Mm-hmm and i'm i'm going to hold a loving space for you to touch the pain so that we can reintegrate it into your system therefore it no longer dominates you become your own friend again and then the hypervigilance doesn't kick off because you know i'm a i'm a ptsd survivor right and um fun is like way at the top of my list no one could take that from me but like mm-hmm. um I mapped my way out of that so that now when I hold space for client, because I like to transform things, you know, like there's no point me going through something just for me. I want want to be able to hand it back. So like mapping um, the pitfalls of when you go close to trauma and it reminds you certain techniques to teach yourself to um, orientate with your environment to realise whether or not that is happening again. And very quickly, you teach your mind to realize, no, no, this isn't happening to me again. You know, my life's intact. These people are good. Everybody is kind here. I've learned to trust myself. It's all good. You know, Um, my trauma was actually in the relationship realm, not the sexual realm. I still still remained all good around that. But like the hypervigilance is normally unintegrated trauma.
0: Okay. Yeah, because I did. I did meet someone that very much was in that space and I could see it, Mm. I could feel it. And I thought, okay, well, I'm just gonna be really solid in being consistent and showing up and holding space. But what I also learned from that is that when someone, it doesn't matter how much you do, if they are not ready to integrate it or to let it go or to process it, Mm. then it doesn't matter what you do. So I ended up having to just completely remove myself from the situation and from this person because it, it didn't do anything. All it did was like pull me around and like a merry-go-round and I was like, okay, I don't, this isn't fun. I don't want on this ride. I'm going to go over here.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Because with people you're really connected to that you've made commitment to co-regulation. That's so like, if Mm -hmm. you were nervous, I stay calm you anchor to my calmness and we both get calm. But like, if actually, actually that's not possible, something else is needed. And and what what I really, really want to be teaching those people is to self-regulate. So, so you know, to, to notice, oh, my adrenaline's risen. Oh, my heart rate's higher. Ah, the situation doesn't feel so good. So I'm going to go outside. And, and then maybe that's where I breathe best. Or I'm going to stand close to my friend and regulate my breathing feel where my feet are but you know oh, you, you...
0: but not get in your car and go for a drive for two hours <laughs> <laughs> I was like what the fuck just happened I'm not even kidding I literally had this guy I like had this like panic attack and he just like got up and started pacing and I'm like are you okay it's like 11 o'clock at night and he's like mm. sometimes when my mind just starts racing and I and I you know I just have to go for a drive I've just I've been doing this since I was a kid like since you could drive mm. and I was like did I do something Sh- should I leave I-, I have no problem leaving and he's like no mm. no I promise if I wanted you to leave I would tell you to leave it's fine I just needed to go for a drive I'm like mm. okay so at 11 30 at night he literally went for a drive and came back and was just quiet and by himself with his dog and I was like what just happened mm. Yeah, yeah, and that affects
1: things, doesn't it? Like that's a lot of pain present. That's a lot of pain present. So he needs to get some help, but also yeah. hard for you because if you've just spent the evening with someone and you're looking for sort of like post-intimate space, like that's tough.
0: It, yeah. Potentially yeah, it, it was... could
1: kick off all sorts of stuff in you, which is when people really go down the rabbit hole. Like if one person's nervous system catalyzes the other that's that's when people generally start either rowing or like yeah you lose touch with what's really going on
0: well luckily i just was like okay i don't know what's happened but he says he needs some space and i was very much in that place where i was much more mature and evolved and conscious Mm. enough to like be present and to Mm. acknowledge that we all have our shit and it doesn't matter how much you work on things everybody is our mirror and you know, you could be great. Like for me, for me, for example, I was great in dating where I could like acknowledge like, okay, yeah, this isn't going to work. And I walk away and mm-hmm. there was no problem. And I didn't know much about the co-regulation or even how to like acknowledge that. So when I learned more about that, I was like, okay, I acknowledge that I'll probably have something come up at some point in time. And so will somebody else, but I am willing to work on this together. And for us to be better together by talking about it, by working through it. And so then when I had that example, it was like, okay, I'm not going to like storm off and be all mad and take this personally because I trust, I trusted what he was telling me was true. Yeah. And I still to this day, feel like it was. And later he kind of, like, he basically at one point in time, ghosted me for like two months and then told me after the fact that he did it on purpose because he wasn't in a good space in his life. And that he said that he was trying to spare me from like his drama. And that, well, if you see you, if I goes to do, you would just see how much better your life is without my drama in it. And I was like, I guess (laughs) I was like, whatever, man, you got to work on your stuff, I guess.
1: (laughs) It's so sad, isn't it? Yeah. 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 I hope he got some really great help. I really Me do. too. Me too. that stuff, you know, like that stuff when people are working out, stuff like that. Like, yeah, if you don't, if you don't get the help, like you're struggling on your own and you're acting out and you're you're you know you're pulling moves like that instead of so just sort of like look, you know, this is where I'm at. If you want to hang out, then do. But or or explicit, like bodies love honesty. That's yes. like you and I, like bodies love honesty. Hearts love honesty. honesty so yes. like, there's so much going on. Like people, you know, if you're, if you just want a hookup, just be clear. You want a hookup. Oh my okay? gosh. Thank don't you. Be Thank making you. making out like you want to yes. marry someone. Like yes. no shame. I don't care.
0: Yeah. If I'm down and that's what I'm looking for. I mean, cause there was a point in time in my life that I was, you mm. know? So yeah, yeah. it's, it's just easier it saves the drama you know it saves the drama and also like then like you have one
1: adult acting with another adult you Mm -hmm. leave the other adult consenting adults you leave them with the power to make the decision about what's happening here like don't Mm -hmm. be fucking lying like yeah i'm gonna call you tomorrow like so as you as you're hopping into bed it's like if you're not going to do that just be just be big enough to say so and then actually you can kink it it might be exciting they know where they are. Mm-hmm. They might want to leave, whatever it is, you know. It's just this, like, take take care of each other's bodies and hearts. Like, we were slightly, like, still committed to dishonesty in a way that as though we would as soon as you do sort of step away from a culture and norm, everybody's lying. If you're, If your marriage is going down the pan, just say so. Say you're having trouble and that you want to call other people. Or say I've ended up loading a Tinder app on my phone because actually I want to escape this relationship. Deal with it. Say it. And the same with dating, you know. What are you up yes. for? Like, just... Or you know, tell people, oh, I'm addicted to porn. You know, it's a real problem for me. I'd like to have a relationship with real bodies. Or would you like to watch <laughs> it with me? What you know, what's mm-hmm. what's? How do you roll? But people mm-hmm. again, this taboo topic makes makes things unsafe as opposed to exciting. Yes. And it could be exciting, right?
0: Yes. Well, and that's the that's where I feel like that is where our personal, like our everyday lives are really spilling into and having such negative effects on our, on our ability to be intimate with people because we're constantly perpetuating these cycles of unsafe, you know, like you're being unsafe by not being honest with yourself. Yeah. And then you're demonstrating that you can't be honest with me. So now how am I supposed to be this like juicy, wet flower that blossoms and opens up in your presence when you're just going to come over here and stomp on it right yeah yeah so how do we start how do we change that narrative
1: yeah i mean taking bit honesty is just a courageous thing right but once you start living like it you see how much energy is present in every single interaction like i met i met this guy once from my childhood right and he was all like oh, i've never stopped thinking about you and blah 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 and it was just like I realized really quickly, like oh, it was kind of neutral for me. Really, it was like oh, because you lie to yourself, you, uh, you, there's no way you can tell me the truth. He wasn't doing it on purpose. He just hadn't got a level of self honesty with himself where he could be honest with other people. It was a kind of neutral observing of what was happening. Mm-hmm you know and it's the same with self honesty is i loved what you said about the little pilot lights like you can you can squash your desires because somebody told you they were wrong but they don't go away so within mm-hmm. the coaching paradigm we start first of all with what would you desire what would you really desire mm-hmm. And that'll bring up what, like what's in the way, but like, let's, let's like get down in there with what's in the way and slowly peel it back and gently lift it up and offer this bit love before you are actually a living embodiment of what it is that you desire. Like, um, and that, desire, that requires self-honesty, doesn't it? That requires an mm-hmm. honesty to sort of say, do you know what? Actually, I want out of this job, but maybe you're scared of your boss. Well, actually, I won. I won in on this relationship, but I'm really scared to commit. And to be able to say that, like, I'm shit scared of commitment.
0: Like, I actually did get him to say that. I didn't get it. I, I just, I just. So, people, when you get good at reading people, you get good at like these opportunities. These little, like, when they open the door or when the veil is really thin, right? And he was really tired one day, and finally, I was like. Are you are you scared of me? Like what are you so scared of? And it was like the damn broke and he's like, I am terrified to completely let someone in. Yeah. And I was like, Okay. And it's like, but when you date a whole person that's also a giver, the magic behind that
1: mm-hmm. is
0: just amazing, you know? Mm-hmm. So at least got to the root of it. But yeah, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That was that was something he needed to dig up.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of where I step in quite often is like holding that fear with somebody because underneath that is probably just a scared little child that was mm. overwhelmed by somebody or watched their parents divorce messily all around them and destroy their world or whatever. And once you've brought that child home, I love self-parenting, right? Once you brought that child home, they connect to you. And then they don't Mm -hmm. dominate anymore. Then sooner or later, you find out that you're not scared of commitment, actually, because that little inner child that's so scared is chill with you. You're committed to it. And then you start to behave differently in your outer environment. And you'd meet a woman like you and say, hey, all in, let's do it. What do you want? when when
0: are we gonna do it i'm like i'm like whoo man you want to you want to drop my panties off be like let's (laughs) fucking go let's do this okay yeah (laughs) you know and i do go ahead
1: i was gonna say like myth busting as well you know i i know too many women uh, like my plan b is actually to just fuck my best friend yeah. Yeah. And it's like, well, what's happening now for you? Like, why is Why do you need a plan B? I don't want anyone to have yeah. a, 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 like, I want them to have their A plan, like singing and dancing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What would you like? Like, what's your plan A? <laughs> First of all, I'm just going to continue to just do whatever the fuck lights me up in my life. Okay. Yeah. And whether someone's on this train with me or not, is it going to make a difference? Like I literally have this like amazing vision for my life that I am working towards or just flowing towards more likely because I'm just rolling with my life right now with really no plan because every time I do plan, the universe is like, psych, let's take a baseball bat to it. Right. So I'm like, okay, I I let go. I let go.
1: Yeah, Yeah. And
0: I just have like, I'm, I'm weaving this amazing web of connection with people, Mm -hmm. right? Just connecting with all these amazing people that want to have all the conversations, um, building things to where, like, I want to host retreats on property way out in the country somewhere, like in the Hills and just to be able to have this sanctuary of my own that I can bring people to out of their everyday life and that they can go on their own journey and I can help guide them in that in whatever way, shape or form, you know, but I love travel. I love to experience all the things. I feel like I'm here to experience all the things. Yeah. And that's, I'm like so much more led by my heart than my brain. Cause I was very conditioned to logical Make your list of goals and you know, achieve your goals and check your list, right? And then everything always has to make sense and you always have to have this plan. And I'm like, oh, where's the fun in that? (laughs) There is none. (laughs) There is none. I love
1: what you say. I love so much what you say. So like like fun's really big for me, but and I have this playful like relationship with everything that goes on around me. But it's also like what 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 captures my attention? Like it's really (laughs) obvious. Like with my Instagram account, right? Like Instagram's just this huge, big, noisy room of people all wanting to be heard. But I'm like scrolling through or connecting with people or like us on podcasts, scrolling through, and it's like, oh, yeah, that lights me up. And I feel it straight away. I'm like, like, that's the one. That's the conversation next. That's the next show. That's the next public speaking event. Like it just unfolds. I think when you let go of the plan and you follow that magnetic pull through life, like I love being led. Well, the, the book you mentioned Pussy Reclamation, it's about that really, Mm -hmm. you know, like she's Mm -hmm. just like the great pussy in the sky is your GPS, GPS, great pussy Mm -hmm. in the sky, you know? And it's a bit like that for me. It's like where that magnetic pull is, where the magic is, that's where I'm going. It's also where I am, you know? And um, that seems to be where the best, the best people I meet are or the most moving client or the best public speaking event or the person who says, Oh yeah, come and write about this. Be in my next book.
0: (laughs) I love that though. And I, and I love connecting with people like that because I really feel like part of an epidemic that we have in the world Mm. is that we've lost our sense of wonder. Mm. We've lost our ability to dream Mm. We've lost our ability to connect to those deepest desires that still always exist. And I feel like that is why we have so much dis-ease, right? And so much depression, anxiety. It's like we're ignoring the call and the pull from within because we're trying to just fit the fuck in Mm. when it's like, but you're not meant to fit in. That's okay.
1: Yeah, it's so true. And the numbing that's going on.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, how
1: how can you lead your way through when you're numbing, you know? Like and I and I have compassion for numbing, but I'm also committed to people un-numbing And then what happens when un numbs you know? And it's not like I need to be having a good time the whole time. It's like sometimes my bliss is in the fact that my heart's just crying its eyes out, you know, but there's a there's a totality in the way I'm experiencing myself. Or you know i don't I don't want to close down any emotion in the in the tantric perspective, like every emotion has a place so so there's a kind of bliss in everything. It's the resistance to the emotion that's painful mm-hmm. rather than the emotion itself, you know and yes, actually, yes. women ace at that naturally, you know because our cycles kick us into these uncomfortable places. we're used to internal chaos because we don't have stable hormone levels. Like, so we're very used to riding those waves and, and it's same in nature. So we're naturally very, very connected to, to what's going on.
0: Mm-hmm. But yeah. we live in a world that promotes disconnection. And I will tell you, I feel like all the years I was on hormonal birth control mm. literally kept part of me at bay so I could exist in the environment that I did. Because mm. I'm telling you, I got off it, I left it, I came to Texas, I was like, like a fucking tiger that's been in captivity, and I'm like, what are we doing, people? Let's fucking go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <gasps> yeah. But Now I just love it, because I take that everywhere I go now. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Like that chapter that I, I dropped to you, like how to live your feral self, last life by fucking life story, you know, it was just like, where where's the next thing? Where's the next thing that's edgy or alive or more alive than I I currently know? So before I (laughs) trained as a love, sex and relationship coach, I was teaching ecstatic dance and dance movement psychotherapist. And then I I said to my best friend, I was like, I'm looking for something. And she said, what are you looking for? I said, I don't know. It's got to be edgy and far out and wild. She said, what is it? I said, I don't know. I haven't found it yet. And then boom, like. A few months later in it came I was like you can train to do this stuff (laughs) I'm all in you know and many many moments of bliss
0: (laughs) I almost went back and got like the title to become a get like my doctorate in sex therapy yeah because not only have I just always been insanely like called and interested in it but then also my last name is love so then I could be a sex therapist named Dr. Love.
1: <laughs> I did really wonder when I saw your name. I was like, is that is
0: that like her show name? You know? So good. Nope. It's so my name. Yep, yep. I love yep. that. Okay. So tell me more about the body stuff. Mm-hmm. Like the ecstatic dance and the embodiment practices, especially for women. Because mm. I feel like we are st- we're in this world of disconnection Mm -hmm. and that we need more things to help us connect with our body. Yeah. So
1: I'll start small and I'll move big. Okay. So there's a beautiful, so lots of things happen to women's bodies that shut them down. So the, the, the mind body intelligence is really actually, it makes complete sense once you start to really follow it. So if something's happened to you that caused you uh, physical or emotional pain, often you're going to get numbness when you haven't fully been able to integrate it. So a really beautiful um, way to overcome this with with your vulva, your clitoris, your vaginal canal, like cervical smears, right, or childbirth, or rough sex that you didn't want, or somebody interfering with you when you didn't have consent, right, all those are going to cause numbness in all likelihood in your pussy so there's a really beautiful practice that i would teach you with, with no touch just talk you through it and then on your own you can go away and practice like vaginal de-armoring so de-armoring is what we're talking about and it's the gentle application of pleasure pressure and you can, anybody listening can try this and and actually guys on your perineum or wherever you want to your chest wherever you want but with women like slowly making clockwise movements so 12 o'clock three o'clock six o'clock nine o'clock applying very gentle pressure around the the entrance to your your vulva and your lips further in into your vaginal canal as far as you want to go up using consent the whole time would it be okay if i enter myself would it be okay to apply pressure here So you program the body, first of all, with the repair of consent, because most people have not really got a handle on how much consent is needed for their body. But also when you apply the gentle pressure, if it's a little bit sore, it's normally because there's an emotion or a sensation there that just needs to be felt. So you start to wake up that area. So if you apply a little bit of pressure, you'll find find it a bit sore and just see how far you want to go with it. And then you'll probably find an emotion like suddenly you flash angry or suddenly you get really sad. um, And you just if you if you do this regularly or whenever you want, maybe in the bath, then then what you do is you wake up that area because it hasn't got this backlog of stored herstory in it. It has got awakeness because you've released what was stored in that area, and of course, then the sex gets better. Mm. So that's a really beautiful way and a compassionate way to to dearmor yourself, to wake yourself up again. The jade egg practices are also very similar, because when you when you ask, "Ah, pussy, would you like your jade egg today?" and if she says no, you put it to one side. You, you like that's it's non negotiable, but again. Using your muscles to squeeze around that jade egg, you start to really wake the area up. Like lots of us go to the gym, but we don't think to actually exercise our vaginal muscles. And and when you start to really exercise them, you're waking up the whole area. You're increasing the blood flow. That's the physiology behind it also but it also means when you're playing with whoever you're playing with you can purposely contract the 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 mid space in your vaginal canal well that's pretty playful with whatever you've got inside of you right Mm -hmm. or you can squeeze at the Mm -hmm. top you squeeze at the bottom or you can do this or you can you're gaining control of that area which in itself is very healing and empowering too yeah it's yours Mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i'm really big on the body ownership like like leaving a side kink for right now but on the body mm-hmm. ownership because once you start to really get into the ownership of your own body and digest what's in it like i've said there there's the probably the rest of your body that also starts starts waking up also like breast massage is a beautiful thing for anybody to do with your breasts right as a mm-hmm. woman you want to be massaging first of all um, down on the outside with some beautiful oil and up on the inside. And this is going to clear what's stored in your breasts because, once again, like it's right next to our heart there. They can get quite claggy mm-hmm. with emotion or experience or they're in bras all day when actually they might want to roam free, whatever it is. <laughs> so down on the outside, up on the inside. And then when you've done that for a while, you want to be um, massaging down on the center and up on the outside. Yeah. So pulling energy out from the heart and then you're putting really good energy in. Really beautiful practices like this, smiling at your body parts, right? A lot of women Mm -hmm. were were given these messages like you're either the virgin or you're the whore, right? So we've got this mixed message. It's like, is is my pussy like the oracle? Is she like the most powerful (laughs) thing on the planet? Or is she like something that I just need to shut shut down because she's a danger to Mm -hmm. all mankind?
0: Like, <laughs> I've definitely <laughs> felt both pendulum swings there. <laughs> so, you know, just
1: take some time before you go to bed or in the morning, or I'll do it throughout the whole day, driving my car, whatever. Like, just be smiling at her. Hey, how are you doing? Just checking in. You know, like, mm-hmm. I, I love you. You're beautiful. You smell amazing. I love the way you mm-hmm. look. Like, what do you want to wear today? i like i like i really have this level of relationship with my body i would never not ask my body i'm feeling it out i don't need to ask the question these days but but yeah. so if you have a part of you that you think shut down just checking in what color what color panties am i going to wear today oh you want blue oh okay oh you want none mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that kind of day you know so yep. so just gaining relationship with your body is also a way to wake it up and also there's there's This is like I'm really geeking out on you now. If you've got like 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 repair to do with your own body, that's really fine. Like most people have, yeah. So there's things like you can write a love letter to your pussy. hmm. Like if she's if she's had messages that she's not okay and she's a threat to the whole of mankind, then we kind of owe her a love letter or one thousand. You know, dear pussy, I love you. You're amazing. You're absolutely perfect as you are. You have the gift to, like, open up the portal of life to this side, and I love you for that. I love the fact you like the color pink, you know, whether it's like, oh, the the very fact that your labia is larger on one side than the other is absolutely perfect for me. Or, you know, I'm sorry we didn't get it right in that last relationship. The guy was just such a, you know. So, like, we're going to do better next time, and I promise to, like, Really, not let anyone in that we don't get a full yes from from now on. And then she starts to trust you, and you start to trust her, and life gets better because you start to change your patterns of behavior because you're deeply connected to yourself. It's like, Mm -hmm. yeah. So, yeah, it goes on and on and on.
0: (laughs) So, I experienced an ecstatic dance class for the first time a couple weeks ago. Uh, A girl locally has a dance studio. Mm -hmm. And she, she's like, you know, I just want to do something more like fun and free flow. And she's like, I've been dancing for years, but never this form. And so she said it completely changed her dancing abilities because she was more herself. Mm -hmm. So I go to this thing, no idea what to expect. Right. And this was totally during like my pre-ovulation phase where I am already like very primal. Right. Like That's just the energy I exist in specifically that time. So then uh go to this thing and they have she's got like little props and everything. And man, if I would have came with some knee pads and if there would have been a stripper pole, I like legitly channeled my inner stripper, inner porn star. And I've even had like I've even had thoughts about I wonder if I was something like some kind of sex worker in a previous life because mm. I just have such this like primal connection you know, um, and that there's not a lot of things that I'm like very taboo on, mm-hmm. but it's very much on this level where it's like a, a personal connection. Like I'm not that person that's that person on social media. I feel like it's a little bit, I don't know. It's a little bit weird. Cause it's kind of like, why do you have to prove it to anybody? Right. Mm-hmm.
1: No, I understand. So- it's like, I stand up and talk about sex and people like, the wrong assumption is, like, oh, man, she must have sex with everyone. Fucking yes. opposite, right? Opposite. Yes. My body yes. is a temple. Like, yes. seriously, like, you know, like, super, 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 like, what comes near me. My energetic hygiene is high. And and the dance floor, like, I guess did really teach me that. You Like, when you dance and you sweat and you get all that stuff out, like, you really find out who you are, but also the freedom to move your body the hell you want.: Yeah, so my journey onto dance floors, um, once again, it's in that chapter. Bessel van der Kolk wrote an incredible book called "The Body Keeps the Score." Mm-hmm. So when I first started dancing, there was loads to digest in my body, you know, like the raw me was able to have like full spectrum expression, whether it's spitting, licking, kicking, you know, <laughs> wild animal, kinky, whatever it was, but also like some of the sadness, like we talk in mm-hmm. dance and Gabriel Roth was my teacher. Um, we talk in dance about sort of like tritzoskenia. So most people in their everyday, their head's thinking something, their heart's thinking, feeling something else, and their body's moving in a different way altogether. When you're on dance floors, and particularly the dance floor spaces that I hold, we want to bring all that together. That's where the ecstasy is. That's where that's the, the totality is. So like we want your mind to disappear. We want your heart to express itself. And we want your heart to express itself through the body so that it's congruent, it matches up if you're sad give me your sad shape if you're happy give me your happy shape if you're angry give me that shape and we give space mm-hmm. for it all and and then you're just clearing your past just shedding skins you're being who you want to be and it and inevitably that transfers off the dance floor like mm-hmm. like if if you're not scared of taking up space and making the shapes of who you really are like off the dance floor it it just happens naturally you know
0: that's awesome. I love that. In fact, so Ameri- how did that go into that? The
1: Americans taught me so much because so, <laughs> I'm English, right, guys? So like I I was studying oh God, maybe around year 2000, uh, went out to New York and ca- California and was studying five rhythms out there. Um, amazing group of people. Um, but in England, it's kind of cool, right, to, to not take up space. You know, the English were always like, oh, sorry, mm. sorry, I spoke. Oh, sorry, I took up space. Sorry, I asked you for change. Um, and the Americans were just like, it's it's cool to take up as much space as possible. They were like, no apology. And I was like, this is apt. Abs- this feels so good to me. So like they really like being on the American dance floor was, like really opened me up. And they're enthusiasts as well like the English, they're like, how are you doing? Not bad. And you're like, not bad. That's like like a half-baked way to it's live dry. to me. Let's dry. Yeah. The Americans mm-hmm. are like, ah oh! they're like bouncing tiggers of bunnies, you know, the ones I was meeting were. So I was like, this, the enthusiasm was really contagious. Mm-hmm. And then I think, you know, I noticed through dancing, my levels of sexual energy were so high and I couldn't escape mm-hmm. it. And the more I danced, the more fluid it got. And then there was a point really where I had to decide what I was going to do with that. And, and I think it was ownership of a gift, like, like you like mm-hmm. sought out all the education and um, uh, for yourself personally, and maybe went on to do that PhD you were talking about, but like, you know, I, I think I had to own it, you know, because you said, oh, maybe I was a sex worker in a previous life. Well, way beyond that, babes, like the priestesses at the temple were the initiates, yeah. right? So you were probably yeah. one of those. So mm-hmm. so I think for me, and and in some ways we carry, whether you want to call it within the shamanic pantheon or not, like um, snake energy. So the kun- the symbol mm-hmm. of the kundalini rising. Kundalini. Mm. So you and I are in that, which is, is partly why we trigger people, but also it's very exciting. So like, mm-hmm. you know, like I don't I don't waste my orgasm. Sometimes, yeah, I just come for pleasure, but I'll channel it into my creative life. I'll manifest mm. my dreams through running the sexual energy up and down my spine, through my microcosmic yes. orbit, like manifesting my desires. You know, it's like it's something to be highly respected. And I think the dance floor Levels of ecstasy I was experiencing, um, really taught me that that there was something going on here that I needed to hold space for. So that the training as a mm-hmm. love, sex, and relationship coach was really a very natural next step. When you have a lot of ecstasy, you wanna you want in the end. Start to, I was going to say, step into more mastery of it, but like more mistressy of it. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what I ended up doing, and I think. We lack a lot of education around relationships. People don't know what their attachment patterns are. People don't know how to communicate their hearts. They have taught it wasn't safe, blah, de, blah, de, blah. So that's another big portion of what I was intrigued by, having watched my parents' marriages fail and watching my brothers and sisters and the world at large really try and work out what what is this relationship doing why is marriage failing why why is marriage even a thing maybe
0: yes you know i
1: love this conversation
0: no 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 i love this conversation because i actually have been in a mystery school uh, um a priestess mystery school so i love that we we made this connection here with that and um and she talks a lot about your sexual energy, Mm. you know, and I had already been manipulating my sexual energy with my breath before Mm. that, which I didn't know what I was doing. Mm. I just knew how to breathe in a certain way to make myself orgasm a certain way. Right. And so I didn't know, I just kind of learned something. And then when I was doing Joe Dispenza meditations for a couple of months, you're pulling the energy up your chakras, right? So now my energy wasn't sitting there just in my root and sacral chakras. I'm pulling it all the way up. Yeah. And then I've kind of, then I started learning more about like sexual alchemy. Right. And so then I started kind of playing with that in terms of then when it comes to my self-pleasure practices, I don't just go and like rub one off to rub one off. Like, no, I have like an intention, right? right? Yeah. I like, if I'm feeling really frustrated feeling, and for me, a lot of my journey has been really trusting and letting go, letting go of control, it it can just come as it's meant to come in the time that it's meant to come, right? So mm. sometimes I get frustrated with that. So then I'll freaking take it to the bedroom with me and I'll literally like hold that there when I am doing my practices and then just like pull the energy up. And I'm not kidding. Like when I'm really trying to move something, I literally like I'm full body orgasming and crying. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, so then it was kind of like, okay, who, who can, who do I talk to? And I'm trying to explain this to girlfriends and they were like, what, you know? Yeah. And so I haven't gotten to the part in my mystery school about the central creatrix, you know, and practices like partner practices, that kind of sexual alchemy yet. Yeah. Um, Which is probably good. Cause I don't have anyone in my life currently to be able to practice that kind of sacred sexuality with, mm-hmm. but I've always been very fascinated by that. And then even like, Tantra and Mm -hmm. those things. And even recently I came really full circle with all the society conditioning. Like, I feel like that was like very few last things that I was kind of clung to in my subconscious for whatever reason about marriage and this, like what society says things should be. And I got to this point where I'm like, okay, wait, I don't, that's not the goal for me. I don't, I don't need a ring and a piece of paper and the government involved. Like, no, I want this very conscious partnership where two whole people come in and make this decision that we are going to commit to ourselves first. And then whatever we grow, that is the relationship. And that at any point in time, if one of us chooses that we want something different, then there's the door. There is that freedom. It's a continual choice. And it's not this like legally binding you're stuck with me forever because we we grow we change some people are only meant to be in your life for a season you know and so being able to be committed to ourselves so much that it is like the love is freedom it's not suffocation it's not you know ball and chain kind of thing it's like we come together and we love each other wholeheartedly because we love ourselves and that we can create more together like that.
1: Yes, exactly. And everybody finding their own truth around this is what, like I I said to mm-hmm. you, didn't I, in Messenger, like, oh, I'm that annoying person that questions everything. But I think there's a yeah, health it in though. that. It, it's yeah. not that somebody who chose to get married has done it wrong. It's just like, ah, oh, that's mm-hmm. the way you want to live your life. Wholesale behind yep. you, babes. or or for you, it's like, I want this level of commitment to self that also organically grows with another person. Like I'm, I'm in, I'm in that camp because this phrase, like, oh, he's my other half. Like, I know what they're trying to say, but like, I can't resonate because I'm a whole, Mm -hmm. I'm a whole meeting another whole. That's, that's, that's what I want to have happening. And also this deep trust, like, I'm not scared of the shadow. So when you create this relationship you're describing with two holes and growing a relationship, like also having the commitment to to go into some of the darker stuff that will arise. So lovingly yes. trusting and choosing somebody you can really, really trust so that, that when they say, mm-hmm. I think there's an issue here that you say, "Ah, oh, I'm curious like lean yeah, tell in me more. you lean in yes. tell, tell me what so what is it that I do yeah. well every time I do this I see this pattern happening and and then you go ah another key to my next liberation he's mm-hmm. he, he or she is calling me in to to mm-hmm. undo that pattern they're your friend they're your friend that's saying mm-hmm. you know you know like Like you limit yourself around this, you know, how you always say no Mm -hmm. to me over that, or you always, you always duck out at that point. What if you didn't, what would happen then? And you go, wow, like what I think has happened is that I'm going to burn in hell, but maybe what will happen is something else. And like, so the conscious container of a committed relationship and and people don't, people are very tentative about going there either because they've chosen the wrong person to do it with, or it's just yeah. darn scary because they don't realize that the, the gold is often in that uncomfortable, sticky moment where you're like, mm-hmm. shit, I just got called in. By, and I but like to do it on myself, even. Yes, I'm like, that's what I'm, yes. I'm like God, like, I'm quite fucked over this in, issue. And and I'm kind of excited because it's the next step to take off another limit yes. that I have on myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's go there, you know, and mm-hmm. let's rest in between and have fun.
0: Yes. Well, th- but that's what I'm saying, though, is that I actually had to get there myself first mm-hmm. because I've dated very a lot of very emotionally dysregulated guys. Mm. So it was kind of like, I had zero interest to like, we were matching our energies in terms of they weren't willing to do their own work. And I wasn't willing to hold the space like compassionately for them. Mm -hmm. And for me, I just had to acknowledge that they weren't my person, you know? And I remember I remember telling a girlfriend that like I had this guy that used to just send me selfies all day, all the time. And I'm like, it was so annoying. And I'm like, okay, I didn't forget what he freaking looked like. I saw him yesterday, right? And she laughs at me and she's like, Jessica, that's how you know he's just not for you. Because I am telling you, the guy that is for you, you are gonna love the shit out of those pictures. You're you're not gonna be able to get enough of shit like that, you know? And I was like, Whoo, man, ain't she right? Because then you look at like, but this is what dating's for. This is this process of trial and error. This is this like, okay, mm, this is like the three little bears, right? This is too hard. This is too soft. Oh, this one's just right. And be able to admit, be able to be connected with those deepest desires and admit that this just isn't it. And that's the thing is that I cannot like physically, mentally, emotionally, I cannot settle. So I know that it's like, I have a German shepherd and it's like, if I just leave him, you know, zipped in his tiny little crate for 10 hours and then get him out and be mad that he's hyper and he's got all this pent up energy. It's like, it's like destructive, you know, and knowing that I have all these desires that burn very frequently, like very effectively now that if I tried to stifle that, it would literally just destroy things around. And I feel like that is where, you know, the feminine energy, like that chaos that I historically repressed a lot. And then now I don't run from it or repress it. I let it happen. So now I know, I know when someone or something isn't for me because I can watch it crumble. Yeah. And that know that that's, that's how I know something's not aligned is that like when my feminine energy comes in and the chaos, I'm like, okay. I step, step back, step away, and am able to just acknowledge, okay, that's not for me. And that's okay.
1: It is okay, isn't it? It is okay. And having the faith that they mm-hmm. move on to wherever they're meant to be next and you also. But it's beautiful. Yep. And I think, I think the level of self-honesty that you've got to, <laughs> lots of things become non-negotiable. So yes. like, if there isn't resonance, like, like, mm-hmm. it, I don't even take it personally or my clients. It's it's, yes. it's it's just like, you know, it's absolutely fine. And let's just trust what's coming next. Because mm-hmm. because when you find that ease and that joy and that pleasure and that level of honesty with someone, it's it's so obvious that there's, mm-hmm. it's just so obvious. Just like your best friend said, like, you know, that you don't go heady on it.
0: Exactly. But no, that's where I've discovered... That's where I've discovered that this is why it's so important to really, like you talked about in dance, to get aligned, to be in alignment. Because any time I am trying to make myself fit into places is when I'm out of alignment, when I'm Mm. too much in my head or too much in my emotions. That's the other thing is I 1000% have made very emotional decisions before and I acknowledge it was like I was trying to find that happy middle point of that pendulum swing, right? Where it was like, okay, I acknowledged that I was way too analytical before, but then I swung on the other side where I was like, you know, just trying to be totally go with the flow and way too ma- much of my emotional body, which is funny because then it all it did was cause me to go into that place that needed healing, which was mm. control, because mm. that's exactly what happened. Mm. It's like, oh, Let me dig something up in you that nobody else has been able to dig up, you know, and have that come up and then me be like, oh, okay, you know, was I healed or just not being triggered, right? (laughs) Yeah.
1: And I think that's also when people take time out from relationships as well. And there's a time and a place to do that. I'm not. I I wouldn't encourage people to do like serial relationship moves. The space in between Mm-mm-mm. is really perfect. But also, like um, if you have a long gap, you know the content of what somebody will do for you when they trigger you is not happening any of that time. And then and then actually that's kind of tricky. Because, you know, when the attachment stump comes up or your control issue comes up or your inability to let somebody in, you've kind of avoided it. So there has to be a little bit of a balance there as well between the kind of celibacy and and the dating and the partnership.
0: Okay. But so how do you balance that though? Because I've gotten in this place of surrender in my life in terms of I'm just really doing me and I have zero desire to be on any apps. I've tried apps in, the past, but I just, I just feel like they're just not aligned with me. Mm-hmm. And so I am open to a committed relationship. I'm open to that, but it's just, it's like, I don't know if it's just not, I feel like it's just not time.
1: Yeah. And you might be putting a lot of your energies into other thing, which is other things, which is absolutely the time to be doing that. Particularly if yeah. you're a creatrix like me, you know, it, it's like all your energy wants to be going to them. And if you met you met the guy that you're really gonna about to spend a lot of time with. You might need more things in place first. Is what arises mm. for me. Like you're setting okay. the scene, you're setting your platforms. You're you're meeting the people, you're dreaming the dream, so that by the time he walks in, there's more in place, and you won't like mm-hmm. you won't get your head turned from also that you are meant to manifest the the place in the countryside. Like you might be much closer to that because relationship takes up time and space. You know we have to invest mm-hmm. in it so the and also the strength of relationship with yourself you're investing in in you the whole time yes. and so you're likely to going to be only meeting someone who's that invested in themselves as well and when that happens it's going to be powerful so like we mm-hmm. wouldn't want to rush that moment you know
0: no yeah no I've I very much felt like I've been in a void for a while because I haven't I haven't done any dating in like over a year apart from you like know? yourself yeah 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 we're dating Obviously, yourself myself. the whole time <laughs> oh yeah 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 but that's yeah, what i mean you dreaming
1: your dreams you walking your dog you going to bed with yourself like all those places like we forget how much we're dating ourselves on the, yes. know, the whole time like when
0: i'm on oh. my own i'm like oh private party you know as opposed oh, I take to I myself out to dinner i like <laughs> literally will do my hair and my makeup and i'll put on a cute dress and i take Ooh. myself out to dinner on a friday fantastic. night by myself yeah fantastic yeah, yeah. Okay, Jessica. It's getting
1: late here now in the UK. Yes, yes, no okay, so I keep meeting people from Texas. I'm gonna have to visit you.
0: So when you get that countryside <laughs> mansion I'll I'm come. actually looking for it in another state, so Are you? I'll let you know. Let mm-hmm. me know where you land. I will. I will. Well, how do people find you and get a hold of you? <laughs> Um, You can head on over to my
1: website. So that's feralgrace.net okay. and you'll put it in the show notes. You can head on over to yep. my Instagram. There's loads of really healthy sexual wellness tips over there and a mm-hmm. lot of um storytelling with like powerful images, powerful images of, you know, empowered people um and i'll give people the free meditation if you're a woman and uh, the chapter that i own from the book that was published um they can have that for free as well and i love to Perfect. hear from people you know like you know tell me how you found the show or tell jessica how you found the show like it's so good saying oh that bit there mm-hmm. i'd love to know more about or that bit there that was kind of problematic for me you know i don't yeah i, I yeah. really don't resonate with that Like I love to, give, or, or this happened to me, I'd love to be free from that, you know, Mm -hmm. and I really, really would love you to be free from that, whatever that is that you're thinking about right now. Like, I believe that you will get through that and that you will move through it and you'll be in a different place this time next year. And I believe in you.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much for your time. And I hope you guys enjoyed today. And I look forward to seeing somebody on the next episode. Have a good day.